0: And this is Sass with Cass. Wait, I think you've got the wrong number. Wait, Sass Oh my fucking god. I'm like professionally sorry for that. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Sass with Cass. I'm your host, Cassandra Grodd, and I'm the best-selling author of both Bully and Darling. It is my intention behind creating this podcast to share with you my passion around helping others feel like their most confident selves. Even if this podcast is just able to give you a smile or something to lighten up your day, I really hope that I can share my love for healing, beauty, sex, life, and everything in between. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to the Self Love Club. Welcome back to another episode of Sass with Cass guys. As per always, thank you so much for all the awesome feedback on the podcast. We have so many reviews and so many ratings that are keeping the podcast popping up in the charts. So thank you for those. Uh, It's been awesome. Uh, Today, I'm really excited. This is actually one, actually, I think it's the most requested podcast episode ever. Uh, So today I welcome to the podcast an incredible light being. She is not only a soul psychologist, yoga instructor, and expert, she's trained in Reiki, human design, meditation. She runs her own workshops. She has a somewhat soul psychology school. She's also my go-to for astrology, which will be a huge chunk of the focus here today. Uh, She's a plethora of information and spiritual talents. And for that reason, I know so many of you will love and connect with her. So, welcoming to Sass with Cass, Hannah! Aw, <laughs>
1: thank
0: you, Cass. That was such
1: a beautiful intro. I'm very excited to be here. You're just as much of a light, so I'm really, really happy to share with
0: you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have you. So, to kick everything off, um, tell us what you're about, where we can find you, your sun, moon and rising sign, and your human design.
1: Um, so... As you said, my name's Hannah. I, I'm i all about the body, mind, soul connection in general. Um, that's where my passions have always lay. And I, I'm a sun sign Gemini and my moon and rising sign are both in Cancer. So I'm very airy and watery if we were looking at it through an elemental lens. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of, I guess, Leads me to this whole spiritual exploration that I've done because a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, our astrology can show us where we we maybe need to seek things for balance. And so for me, I'm very much in the spiritual space. So my challenges is probably in actually embodying the physical and being here on earth. But I really do like to bring some of that spiritual information to people in a really practical mm-hmm. and tangible way. Um, I guess going back I have um a background in I actually studied law and commerce which I think I heard you did a bit of law study as well Cass is that right yes yes yeah 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 um so I I studied um law and commerce worked corporate for about four years um and then actually decided to leave that to pursue more of my passion um I went and worked at a health retreat for about six months and then I came um, back to Auckland to study psychology and pursue yoga teaching. I've been practicing yoga for about 14 years and so that's always been there. Um, And then I guess as I was um, studying psychology, I also really explored these spiritual sciences like you mentioned, the Reiki, the astrology, the human design. Um, And my understanding of the yoga philosophy really colored my learning experience as I was going through um, my psychology study. And so all of that is to say I've, I've been able to spot the parallels between um, what is essentially the Western view of psychology and then also where that meets the Eastern view and just kind of have formed my own um, view of the world and approach to life, which definitely does blend those body-mind Soul um, Mm. connection points. But all all of the tools that I use are very much steeped in self awareness. And I think that when we have um, self awareness, we have not only acceptance and compassion for ourselves and other people, but we are able to navigate life with a little bit more um, power, essentially, because we can kind of know what the energy is that we're working with um, Mm. rather than being kind of at the mercy of it or just, yeah, kind of throwing our hands up, not really knowing what's going on. And I think as we are evolving and times are changing, having an awareness of who we are at our core and our inner truth is so vital and will really help us in kind of navigating some of these big changes that we're seeing at the moment with (laughs) whatever 2020 has been. Um, Mm. I really, really think it excites me seeing how many more people are becoming attuned to their kind of spiritual body and emotional body. And I think that it's really time that we start paying more attention to our intuition and to our spirit rather than kind of relying on external authorities and that kind of thing. So I'm really um kind of carving out my own career at the moment, blending spirituality, psychology, and hopefully providing people with really empowering knowledge so that they, they can navigate the world.
0: <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. And that, that's one thing that in my journey trying to battle anxiety and bulimia uh, at, at the time, coming out of my teenage years, was just, it seemed to be pick one. You know, pick spiritual, pick psychology, pick Western on a prescription or go to yoga. And I struggled because I was a being that like lent more towards the spiritual. And I kind of had sort of parents and family who were like, well, you need to be seeing a XYZ psychologist four times a week or whatever. So I think that's super cool that you're creating that harmony. There's a lot of space for. That in the current market, I mean, I would have loved to meet you when I was seventeen. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and so, and I agree with you. It's twenty twenty to me has been like a great awakening, even in myself. I think it's one of people have just been coming into their own. Um, okay, so yeah. today I really want to talk to you about astrology, and I mm-hmm. asked for questions on this. The consensus out there, Hannah is that everybody has no fucking clue what's going on. (laughs) And I mean, I get it, because I've been trying to learn about this stuff for the last few years, and you've got your cosmopolitan horoscope, you've got the people on YouTube, you've got your mum's friend that maybe knows a bit, you've got your yoga teacher, and everything kind of draws parallels. So today we're speaking to the listeners who kind of have no clue what's happening. Kick us off what is a sun, moon and rising sign? Okay, Um, so yeah, I think that's a really um, crucial part. It's sometimes
1: referred to as the primal triad, but we have our sun sign, which is essentially our inner radiance. It's how we are here to shine in the world and it's what most people know about. That's what is often coined our star sign, but there are so many other um, parts to a natal chart or to your personal astrology chart. And a mm. rising sign is actually something that some people would have more of a connection to because it's our innate way of presenting to the world. It's our personal identity, sometimes our physical appearance. It's it's what other people perceive of us when we first enter into a space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our moon sign is deeply connected to our emotions and our default patterns and if we think of the moon how it has these phases um, sometimes it's dark sometimes it's light it's just like our subjective uh, emotional landscape we go through these phases and having an Mm. understanding of your moon sign can be really really um, empowering because you just start to understand what your deep needs are essentially our moon signs needs are so informative and how we um, nourish ourselves personally, but also within relationships. So having an understanding of those three signs are really vital, uh, Mm. I believe. And when I found out my moon and rising sign, the biggest permission slip, like I just felt so seen and actually validated in who I was and what I knew deep down rather than Um, my sun sign being in Gemini yes I relate Mm. to the mental stimulation need for variety and that kind of thing but when I found out where it was placed in my chart and all these other layers that get explained when you look into your the whole map of astrology um, Mm. yeah I just felt so seen and that was really what began my journey and exploring it more and understanding it so
0: yeah beautiful so Moon, emotion, sun, surface level, kind of like I sort of see it as like basic traits. And then rising to me is almost like those, that personality, that like charisma and color. And I don't, it's it's sort of, people say it's like you at a party. Would you agree with that? <laughs> it's definitely you at a party. It's
1: what, it's what you come across as on first impression. Um hmm Whereas the sun sign is is how you are designed to shine in the world. Um, it's your it's your innate essence. But if you're not expressing your sun sign, something is a little bit off, I'd say, but it would depend on where it's placed in your chart and how that gets expressed, because there's so many ways we can approach that. But yeah,
0: on, on a general, on a basic basic level. Basic level, oh, uh, yeah. Quite a lot of people did ask. Um I don't relate to my sun sign. That was quite common. If you mm-hmm. had to pick sun, moon or rising, what would you arguably say is a the best or a good indication of, of, of what people would relate to the most?
1: Yeah. So it's a layered question, but mm. I would say moon sign is something that you'd really connect to in terms of that's your deep needs. But if you're not connecting with your sun sign, that could be um, because of its placement. For example, my sun sign is placed in my 12th house, which is a a placement of the unconscious. It's what's not really seen. And so for me, um, that kind of explains why I felt a little bit of a disconnect with the Gemini essence of who I am. Yet the way that I've harnessed that is understood that in the 12th house that's a place of spirituality it's the unconscious it's the unseen I really express myself basically in retreat or in meditation or through spiritual means and so actually starting to place these layers on top of one another when you look at signs houses Planets. Sometimes the planets that your sun sign is nearby can mm. be really indicative of how your sun sign is expressed, or or not, or how it's hindered, and different different ways that the planets are aspecting one another can totally. Um, Change how your relationship is with your sun sign. Oh, such (laughs) beautiful,
0: such beautiful little juicy things. Um, We'll get to houses really soon. A lot of people were just like, What the heck are houses? So Mm, mm. we're going to go over that for you guys because I only learned about those fully from Hannah really recently in her astrology um, workshop, which by the way, shout out, we will link in the show notes. Uh, because I had no idea what was going on. I was like, who has houses? I have a house. Why are there houses in space? I'm not with it. <laughs> so we will touch on that. Let's run over the signs for everyone. And give, yeah. like, number one, also, are people are getting thrown off by, like, the cardinal and fixed placement. Would you be able to run over that really quickly for people getting confused in that lingo?
1: Yeah, okay. So um, basically every sign, there are, 12, there are 12 zodiac signs, I should just say that off the bat, 12 houses and 12 zodiac signs. Um, the When I say zodiac sign, I'm referring to the Aries, Taurus, Gemini, mm-hmm. all of those signs. Um, and each zodiac sign has a certain element and modality, um, and that's the cardinal fix, the earth, the fire. And so basically we're born into this electromagnetic field and these impressions of the planets basically start to give us our neurodiversity and where we have a lot of fire in our chart, let's say um, that would suggest that we are quite instinctive people. There's a lot of emphasis on the self being active. If you think of the fire element, Um, Mm. it's, it's fiery traits. It's off the mark, pretty quick, outgoing, energetic. When we look at earth signs, so um we have the fire signs, which are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And so these signs um, are very much these instinctive, active, outgoing, fiery signs. Then we move to uh, Earth. And these Earth signs are kind of what you would intuitively pick up about the quality of Earth. It's grounded. It's pragmatic, quite self-sufficient. Um, I often... Talk about the Virgos, Taurians, and um, Capricorns as being sometimes the least inclined to actually delve into spirituality because they are so grounded. Um, that's not to say at all that people with these Earth signs aren't into spirituality, but they've got a lot more practicality within within their makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, air signs quite intellectual, very quick, uh, cerebral, logical, sometimes um, sociable. It's that kind of quick-moving energy. Mm. Um, The air signs are Gemini, Libra and Aquarius. And then we have water signs, which are the intuitive, emotional, relational, empathic, sensitive signs. And we've got cancer Scorpio and Pisces um we'll go through the the cardinal mutable and fixed and if you think about a season we've got the beginning of a season middle of a season and end and that's where the cardinal fixed and mutable get associated with so beginning of a season we have a very initiating energy and those signs are Aries, Cancer, Cancer, Capricorn and Libra
0: all the good um, ones <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding um, it's just me guys I'm like <laughs> <half my son. laughs> um and I should
1: just like say off the bat like everyone encompasses every sign in some way but it's just so true in different yeah, dosages yeah. um you're all everything yeah you're all everything that's a human yeah. experience um the fixed signs, if you think of like the middle of a season, it's where things are persistent. They're not really changing. Sometimes these signs can be a little bit more stubborn or fixed in their opinions. Um, mm. The fixed signs are Leo, Aquarius, Taurus and Scorpio. Um, And then mutable signs, a little bit more. If you think of the end of a season, we're moving into the next season, adaptability, a flexibility, and these signs are Sagittarius, Pisces, Gemini, and Virgo. So every zodiac sign has a unique combination of the element and modality. Um, And I guess if we go through the 12 zodiac signs, we can kind of get an idea of how that's um, expressed.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, beautiful. Let's go through them all and say like one to two words, keep it really brief. And if you guys want to learn more in depth, you can do a workshop with Hannah. What's (laughs) the vibe of each sign?
1: Okay. So the first sign is Aries um, first sign in the zodiac wheel, Aries is that cardinal fire, so it's the initiating spark, usually powerful, brave, direct, assertive type of energy. Um, Taurus is fixed earth, earth. and so these are steady, driven, sensual, um,
0: pretty, trustworthy,
1: patient, but into aesthetics and taste, beautiful um, things. Yeah. Um, Gemini, mutable air, yeah. adaptable, curious, uh, connect the dots, communicative.
0: So uh, much messenger. fun. Great for party with. Love
1: variety. <laughs> Sometimes people would say, like, yeah, two-faced. There's always a shadow side of each sign, but we ex- we all get to choose whether we express it in its highest vibration or more mm. of a lower vibration. Um, cancer is cardinal water. Water. Um, compassionate, quite emotionally complex, protective, um, usually quite sensitive interiors. Leo, fixed fire. So the um, entertainer, the performer, uh, there's a lot of warmth, generosity, um, leadership within Leo. Um, Virgo, mutable earth. Um, This is humble um pure energy usually uh in in service of other um maybe focused on health um
0: they're very clean ritual yeah yeah very clean people (laughs) they're very organized you virgos you are
1: (laughs) there's an organizational quality yeah where they're Mm. um separating the wheat from the chaff um libra cardinal air these people are diplomatic um really value beauty and balance um there's a there's a harmony that's always sought by librans um and a charm the scorpio energy fixed water uh intense energy passionate Mm -hmm. perceptive emotional creative
0: um, yep
1: yep absolutely um Sagittarius, mutable fire. So think wildfire. They're they're very expansive, ambitious, um, optimistic, jovial. Sometimes quite opinionated. They're the storyteller. Um, Capricorn, cardinal earth. The Capricorn sign is almost considered the CEO of the zodiac. It's the um, there's a lot of leadership energy, ambitious, goal driven strategic um, responsible usually quite mature uh, then aquarian energy is fixed air really uh inventive innovative humanitarian friendly altruistic energy um, and then Pisces the final sign in the zodiac is mutable water and if you think of this expansive ocean it's the most all-encompassing sign, it's like the cosmic womb that basically encompasses all of the signs before it could be considered like the elder or the mystic, very compassionate, sensitive. um, Sometimes hard to actually ground into words because it's just so um, all-encompassing. But these people with lots of strong Pisces energy would be considered probably quite dreamy or artistic. Um, Beautiful. yeah. That's a really quick. A <laughs> yeah. That's a quick rundown. Chart. I
0: I feel yeah. like already that's going to be very, very helpful. Um, cool. so thank you for that. And rolling straight on what the heck and Bob a house is.
1: No one
0: knows. Shine a light.
1: Yeah. So just to clarify, when you pull up a uh, natal chart it's basically a 360 degree wheel that when I first saw it I was like what on earth is this spider web of geometry and basically within this <laughs> 360 degree wheel there are 12 12 slices of pie so the the wheel gets um split up into these 12 houses and each house is represents a part of our life cycle and uh the first house, if you are familiar with what this natal chart looks like, it's at the nine o'clock point. So, and then it moves in a counterclockwise direction if you're going through the houses. But um, the rising sign, if you know your rising sign, that's going to be on the cusp of your first house. And your first house represents your personality, uh, your physical body, your self-image, your personal expression, your sense of identity, um, your... Second house is the values that you hold. It's your finances, your personal possessions, sometimes represents your day to day work and your earning ability. Uh, third house, communication, learning, um, schooling, sometimes siblings, information, discussions. Fourth house, Uh, the home, it's the family, the mother, the psychological conditioning we got as children. Um, yeah, emotions, habits tend to be stored in this house as well, um, because every house is like associated with a different planet and sign, so there are overlaps. Yeah, but
0: they they yeah. link together. That will be the next layer of this, I think. For, <laughs> okay. for people who do want to explore it, that might be podcast number two or a workshop with Hannah. Mm-hmm. But they like each sign is ruled by a planet, is they they have their own little happy spot. So like totally. that's that's why certain planets in certain houses or in certain signs can be I don't want to use the word, like, problematic. They can just have different, very different qualities and the energy can work very differently, right? Yeah, it's just expressed either in a more easeful way or that might present Uh, challenges, but, yeah, Yeah. yeah,
1: we're... We've all got different...
0: We've all um, got bad placements, people. (laughs) I have, like, one placement that sends me off the deep end, which is my Venus and Virgo. It's, like... but It's not that bad. But the awareness
1: of it, right, is what's so powerful because then we know how to work with it rather than being at the mercy of it.
0: Um, Yeah, it's just me trying to serve everyone I love. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. (laughs) Totally. Um, Okay, so
1: fourth house we covered fifth house is our house of creativity um sometimes love affairs or romance it's play it's pleasure it's entertainment art um sixth house is our daily routine our structures our health um sometimes medical treatment um our cleanliness our rituals um seventh house important house usually to look at its relationships um partnerships significant partnerships so usually romantic can at times be business but um it's cooperation it's how we socialize um in our sense of justice sometimes it's what we project onto others because it's if you think of it's basically opposing what you what your personal identity is right.
0: um
1: the eighth house is a house of transformation of it deals with power with entanglements, with other people's resources. It's sometimes um, associated with inheritance, inheritances or, yeah, how we receive from others, sexuality. There's so much kind of contained in the eighth house. It's very scorpionic. Um, the ninth house is travel, foreign affairs, uh, higher education, philosophy, Spiritual seeking sometimes, um, or spiritual teachers. Mm-hmm. And then, 10th house, uh, career, public persona, reputation, ambition, responsibilities. Sometimes it's the way we were um, conditioned by our father. And on the flip side, the fourth house would be conditioned by our mother or, yeah. Wow. His, it's interesting when you look at it.
0: Half my <laughs> planets are in 10th. Literally 10th is in wow. Capricorn and so many things like um, my MC is in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. it, And that's like the other thing that why it's really important for people to be doing this is, and we'll get more into this later, your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising sign could all be something, something, something you might have some really deep-rooted energy from another sign coming through. Like, I have so much Capricorn energy, but Mm. I'm a Libra sun, Scorpio moon, Aries rising, and then, like, everything else is in Capricorn. Um, Yeah. So it's cool to do this because they might have those little, like, you've got little Uh special things all around. Yeah. Yeah 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 and
1: that's where you can learn how to like leverage certain energy so for you having mm. capricorn and career it's like go do the the goals and the be driven and you might even find that you were influenced by your father in terms of how you approach your your career and and just ways that you yeah, were majorly um modeled yeah mm. success um yeah so 10th house is another pretty um important house to look into um all houses are important but yeah that can be quite Mm. significant in how you develop your personal identity outside of the home um 11th house is our networks our friendships our hopes and dreams and sometimes it's a house of rebellion or um yeah innovation um 12th house like I said it's the unconscious that's less seen it's Healing. Sometimes it's a place where um, there could be a escapism or victim mentality. Um, it's meditation. It's dreams, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there's. If you look at the the wheel of the zodiac and the houses, it really does go through like a life cycle. Um, mm, and it does. We get, we get to experience our whole chart. Like we are here to experience all of it and and there are different passages of time where things will feel um will feel it stronger or yeah we'll default to certain patterns at different times but we do encompass it all.
0: <laughs> there we go. Beautiful. So we've got the star signs, we've got these houses, and now to make everything worse for everyone, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of planets <laughs> going yeah. around and for the longest time I got really confused because I would read on Instagram like Mars mm. square Uranus and mm. a, in Sagittarius. And then I was like, Oh fuck, if you're a Sagittarius, are you fucked right now? Like, are you like not doing well? Like, are you, is, is, I feel bad for you, but then it's like, no, that does that impact me? And that was kind of what yeah. I was really getting from everyone is like, they read the random Instagram posts and they're like, Mars is in retrograde. Uh, is Mars yeah. a star sign? So how do planets translate to this whole thing
1: yeah so basically if you think of the houses as like the plot um plot line in a in a story and then the planets are like the characters that bring bring these areas of life into um into being and and they they really make the chart come alive and the way our planets are interacting with one another the way that they interact with the trends that's going on in the sky currently um, is really important in, in our life experience, really. And um, when you also look at the relationship between planets in your chart, you might have hard aspects or soft aspects, which when you're talking about things like squares, that can create a little bit of tension. But it's it's understanding that really allows us to... to work with the energy and that's why understanding your own natal chart is really important and when you're talking about oh my god uh like Sagittarius having a really hard time right now everyone will um want to actually look to their chart and where Sagittarius is what planets are in there um and Sagittarius for them or what house it governs so um everyone's influenced but potentially in a different way if you do have a lot of planets in Sagittarius yeah that that would affect you more. Um, it's just like mm-hmm. when people talk about, you know, there's a um, a full moon and, and Virgo, is that only going to affect someone as a Virgo? No, it's yes, going to affect yeah. everyone. But it's when, when you explore your personal natal chart, where is Virgo and how is that being impacted? Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. <laughs> Great answer. Layers. A lot of people ask that question, like, if the full moon's in Pisces, is this moon just for Pisces? Which I, I do really understand, but Hannah's summarized it perfectly. Look into your own chart, pull it up. You They can use things like cafe astrology, right? Like you could literally okay. yeah, Google. Absolutely. Yeah, like you just Google your birth time almost. Or not Google, yeah. don't Google your birth time, but put it onto cafe astrology. <laughs> um, a couple small things, actually two things that were tripping quite a lot of people up. One, North Node, and two, Chiron. Chiron? Chiron. Um, not yeah. Chiron. There we go. So, We're
1: all learning. <laughs> no, perfect. <laughs> um, so North Node is our... North Node is a really cool um, thing to look into. North Node is technically not a planet, but it's um, it's definitely sh- it sh- is shown up um, within a natal chart. And the North Node is where our soul is evolving into. Sometimes it's called like the... Uh, our destiny point or our soul's future. its It has mm-hmm. a lot to do with our life purpose. Um, it's where we, where we will feel somewhat uncomfortable um, just because when we lean out of our comfort zone, that's the way that we evolve and grow. And so we, it's not meant to feel super easy when you lean into mm-hmm. your north node uh, because on the flip side, your south node, which isn't always shown in a... Um, natal chart but basically your south node is always opposite your north node so for example if your north node was in Scorpio your south node would automatically be in Taurus and that yeah it's always the opposite but your south node represents your soul's past or your early childhood or some of the karmic patterns that continue to show up in your life this is much more a place of familiarity it's the comfort zone but it's that comfort zone that isn't actually that comfortable because you know you need to move out of it um but it's definitely there's definitely gifts contained in the south node so um you you nourish others with the gifts of your south node but you nourish yourself when you lean into your north node yeah um the chiron um Chiron represents the wounded healer. So um, it's often where we do our deepest healing work. And that's where we can, again, help others through what we learn through healing ourselves. Um, I actually, I think in your chart, Cass, you have your Chiron sandwich pretty close to your sun sign. So that it's would in be Libra.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is and my whole like, life. It's like you yeah, can give relationship <laughs> advice and you can't take it. And I was like, mm, that sounds, yup. <laughs> That sounds spot on. <laughs> Wrote two books about it. No good relationships for me. Well, no, but it's, it's it's it was actually like those two things were actually quite big aha moments for me personally. So mm-hmm. it's great to encourage people to look into it.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. And like I think your Mercury, which is your planet of communication, is nearby as well. So it all it all makes sense, which is always very validating that we're we're living aligned.
0: <laughs> it is, yeah. And when the more you kind of look into this stuff and learn about it, the more you kind of learn about yourself. It's, I think people have a perception of astrology or at least my dad probably does where it's like, you know, trying to put people into a certain file. It's like, no, it's, it's, it actually really opens up how you can live life for yourself and show up for yourself. Totally.
1: It's so Um, ironic because astrology does, you could view it as something that confines us to these labels, particularly people who aren't um, super versed in astrology and just see it as 12 signs. But yeah, ironically, it actually opens us up to this world of possibility where we learn how we can access different parts of who we are in different places and to actually just love up on the parts of us that are there and instead of trying to fight them,
0: just embrace them. Yeah. Um, to jump ship really quickly, Give everyone, and I mean, this would probably be another podcast episode or they can come to your page, I'm sure, which we will link to find out more. But briefly, tell us what human design is. How does this fit into everything?
1: Oh, so human design and astrology are really complementary, actually, and they're both based on birth time, date and location and that similarly to astrology human design gives us language about the unconscious aspects of who we are like and places where we can grow into our lessons our intuitive gifts but sometimes I would um say that the difference would be in that human design offers quite grounded practical advice around making decisions day to day um whereas astrology gives more of a symbolic language um and focuses a little bit more on the passage of time and how how we evolve um yeah over time different themes that show up but they both really complement one another they both uh charts that they produce charts that always look rather complex and crazy when you first look at them and i always like to view astrology and human design charts as a visual representation of our potential and we we always have free will and we always are participants in these charts and we can activate them however we wish to so it could be from a place of high vibration or if we were in a more kind of lower um, level of consciousness, we could activate them in a more challenging way or, yeah, we could feel mm. more at the mercy of them. But I do think that we can use both of these tools to really empower us to to know ourselves better and to connect with our truth, really.
0: I couldn't agree more. And um, for anyone listening who's interested in especially human design, I'd really recommend getting a proper reading because I tried to do my human design myself and it was It actually is really complicated, to be honest with you. So I have a lot of respect for people who learn about human design. Um, It's a complicated thing. So go see Hannah. Um, (laughs) One of the big themes that came through, which was so funny, was everyone asking about relationships and astrology. So kind of like, I'm a Cancer. My boyfriend's a Leo. Will this work? Will we end up together? Um, and <sighs> I thought we could kind like, honestly, that was 60% of the questions. I was like, wow, wow. are we going to do a full podcast on which star signs align up? <laughs> How, number one, do you believe in the compatibility of signs? And, how would you sort of give some advice for people who are caught up on that? So I am
1: not in the business of writing off any relationship purely based on sign. Um, I agree. Especially when it comes to something as basic as the sun sign. So if your partner's sign was in Cancer and you're in Leo, all that tells me is that you're shining in the world in a different way. And That doesn't mean you can't vibe or learn from one another. Um, and 100%. I think that compatibility is much more steeped in understanding of the other rather than, um, being the same as another person. And so even having an understanding of your, uh, you say your moon sign and your partner's moon sign would be incredibly beneficial to understand one another's love language, but it's not to say, um, that they can't be different, or it's also not to say that there can't be tension. Sometimes tension is what creates the most chemistry and opportunities for growth. True. So
0: Yeah. Good point. It's
1: just, um, there are totally uh, energies that do complement one another, but I think that. There's dif- yeah, differences and what and it depends on what you want out of a relationship. Um it's fun to explore because you can notice where you might trigger the other person or how you're best to communicate with another. And so that's where astrology is helpful, but absolutely not. I would never um shut down a relationship purely based on the Natal chart. It's just understanding them that will help.
0: Especially just basing off a sun sign too, like that is super yeah. surface level, guys. Like as Hannah said, like moon sign would be great. And if we're talking about love in astrology, what's the planet or house or sign or where should people look if they want to learn about love?
1: Yeah. So kind of like I mentioned in the seventh house that um, houses where it's usually representative of the way we approach relationships or how um, the kind of energy we attract in sometimes what we project onto others or, um, Um, Another thing you could look into is the placement of your Venus sign. Venus is how we attract its love, its beauty, its taste, its charm. It's what we are attracted to. Um, Yeah, it's a very, it's very much connected with romance. And then our Mars placement is how we go after what we desire. It's our motivation, it's sexuality, sometimes aggression. But the Mars and Venus, um, I, I I view them as the feminine and the masculine, and, and we need both when we're in in relationship. Not just saying like we need a a woman and a man, but the energy of masculine and feminine is in balance, and it's yeah mm. how we both receive and um how how we go after. So it's it's really interesting to look at. Sometimes we attract males into our life. Let's say that um correspond with the Mars. Um, placement in our chat, or or vice versa, and this this doesn't have to apply to like a heterosexual relationship. It's it's you know, it's um, anyone, yeah, relationships in general. But mm. looking at those placements is interesting. You could also think about maybe times when you have thought about past lovers and it might be during a Venus retrograde because that's when, you know, we're kind of in a reflective zone. But there's lots that astrology can um, provide insight into when it comes to relationships. And it's mm. it's just having that awareness that is the most important thing, I think.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful answer. My um, yeah. party trick is like pulling up people's co-stars and telling them where their <laughs> Venus is and being like, Do you only attract Leos? And they're like, yeah, my ex was a Leo. Because I I truly think, like, like for instance, my Venus is in Virgo. So many of my friends are Virgos. Like, this has been the most expensive month for me because it's Virgo season. (laughs) I've bought so many birthday presents. And... My Virgo, not my Virgo, my Venus and my Mars are like right next to each other in fifth house, which is like creativity, sex, passion. Yes. And that makes a lot of sense because I've been attracted to majorly creative men growing up. So, and having relationships. So it, the, yeah, the Venus and the Mars would definitely be your little go-to for love, especially Venus. Um, Yeah. This was a frequently asked question. So I'm going to ask it kind of like out of order. What does retrograde mean? <laughs>
1: retrograde is essentially retrograde is actually an illusion but basically um every planet oh, wow. apart from like the the sun and the moon is going to go retrograde at some stage and i think retrogrades are given a bit of a bad rap i think most people are familiar with mercury retrograde and that happens most commonly so um Basically, it means that a planet is appearing to go backwards from the vantage point of Earth. But really, um, it's kind of based on space and time. And if you think about when you're driving down the motorway and the car next to you, just if there's a certain speed that they're going at and you turn turn out to look out the window and it kind of looks like they're going backwards, but you've got, you're both going forwards, but it just looks like they're going backwards because of the... Um, Kind of the yeah relative speed that a planet's going at. And um what a retrograde always represents is it's like all the re-words. So like a ref- time for reflection, um review it can be revealing, it can be restructuring. And interestingly like right now there are about five planets going retrograde and if we think about 2020 <gasps> <there's, laughs> it's that frustrated energy at the moment where things are really up for review and restructure and mm. like that's just so apparent um we've yeah we've just had um jupiter go direct so there were six planets in retrograde but um yeah it's it's a bit of a a rewind kind of time or, or, or yeah definitely times for review um but in in terms of let's say a mercury retrograde the the planets represent different things and so mercury is a planet of communication and technology people sometimes suggest not signing contracts during a mercury retrograde just because things can go a bit haywire um i would suggest For some people, it's actually a really beneficial time. Sometimes people who were born in Mercury retrogrades can actually Mm. find it's um, quite a supportive time for them. But for people who maybe are ruled by the planet Mercury, um, Virgo signs and Gemini signs are ruled by the planet Mercury. um, Sometimes these people would be more heavily influenced. So having an understanding of how mercury influences your chart can also give you insight into how a mercury retrograde would impact you um Mm. but right now probably something that most people could feel is a is a mars retrograde in aries that's going on and um mars like i said is the planet of aggression um sexuality drive motivation so things are Things are heating up um, because it's in Aries for such a long time. It doesn't stop retrograding um, until it stops retrograding in November and, it's, mm. and then it remains in Aries till about January. So it's a long time for Mars to be in Aries. And all that means is that things are heating up. Mars is in its home sign. Um, I would suggest thinking about what what is driving... You, what, what are your values? What, um, where can we kind of utilize this? Sometimes it will show up as anger, but how can we actually find healthy outlets for anger? Whether that's Mm. talking to a friend, you know, maybe screaming in your car or, um, free flow journaling, or I don't know if you know about the Kundalini practice, fists of anger, like some healthy way of expressing anger is something that will actually really help us at the moment. Um, and it's probably important to note that um, it's a really significant theme for this year. But Mars is squaring um, the basically <laughs> the intense transits happening in Capricorn with the there's something called the Saturn Pluto and Jupiter conjunction in Saturn, which um, has been a really significant um, theme for 2020. Um, mm-hmm. And having having a square just means that there's there's tension. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's the individual versus what's what's good for us in the long term, and potentially a bit of anger, a bit of frustration, a bit of hate. But that's it's going a lot to, of frustration. To, um,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why um, people feel that kind of energy of like backpedaling this year, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. And I think that. Uh, it's necessary because we do need to, um, things are breaking down and day to day it can feel quite hard, but behind the scenes there is a, there's a crumbling of old structures and it's like I kind of perceive 2020 as the mess that, you know, there's event after event and when I, when you're cleaning up your room, um, I know you like to clean your room, so I do. <laughs> when, when <I> do. You, <laughs> um, when you're cleaning up your room, sometimes it has to get like super messy before it gets tidy, you know, before you reorganise things. And it's like, True. we're pulling out the clothes, we're emptying the drawers, we're throwing things around um, just so that we can actually start to reorganise things in a way that actually serves us
0: mm. long term.
1: And mm. with some of the, the planetary shifts that are going on in 2021, it's big change. It's We're setting the stage for next year, really, at the moment. So holy moly it's hard it's heavy it's
0: it um, is it's big <laughs> it is big there's a purpose yeah yeah and i mean th- to to channel challenge that back with a big question yeah. um is there a shift planetary wise coming up where is this gonna let up you know what i mean is this energy gonna <laughs> shake up is anything gonna stop going retrograde is there something we can sort of look forward to for anyone who feels pretty knocked down by the Mars and Aries placement for this year
1: yeah um so there is definitely change change ahead um in November we'll see a there's a, a couple of eclipses on november the 30th and then on december the 14th um during eclipses the there's nodes that are activated and basically we're working with the gemini sagittarius um axes and that's that's a place of information dissemination and understanding how we communicate with with one another bringing about transparency in terms of what is true. It's a very, like when we look at eclipses, it's, we, we're activating quite collective themes. And also because it's working with the moon, um, it's, it's how we emotionally respond to some of these collective themes and having, having, um, having an eclipse is a big deal. And and I would suggest that a lot is going to have to be let go of, um, Letting go is a really important theme. Come November, December, we also have I wow, should say beautiful. on on Halloween a really juicy full moon that um oh, could what be is pretty that? intense. It's a full moon in Taurus, but it's in the, we're in the Scorpio season during October, and so um, I would I would say plant some pretty magical intentions around that time. So um, oh, I was going to go ha- for full have moon have a on Aries. Going on.
0: Okay. Full moon and Aries is also equally like that's a good <laughs> a manifestation good to, full moon, guys. Aries are good yeah, manifestors.
1: Yeah. Manifestation is is like Aries. Um, yeah. In a, in a nutshell. But the the thing that's gonna then happen on December the twenty-first is that Saturn and Jupiter are meeting in Aquarius. And so we've had these planets in Capricorn at the moment um Aquarius is like the sign of revolution innovation um potentially having like Saturn is the disciplinarian it's a sign of mastery but Jupiter is the sign of expansion so they 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 offer quite different things but having both of these planets in Aquarius is just like change is (laughs) is inevitable Mm. um the the thing that I would suggest is that we're, even we're moving into this age of Aquarius, which is all about individual sovereignty, finding our inner truth. Even things like this, understanding your natal chart or doing something mm-hmm. for yourself where you connect to what your role is. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be that you're perfect. It's just questioning yeah. and challenging the old models and really anchoring into who you are at your core. I think that we've had such a heavy reliance on outer authority for so long and when we look to how our political world is structured how people and you know public figures what what they actually represent and actually just questioning all of this old bs and starting to recognize that we each have an internal compass that that's so important like (laughs) our psychic capacities are so Heightened, like our, literally our prefrontal cortex has grown over the years. We are evolving and we need to start accessing some of this incredible intuition and tapping into our body. Um, I just think that there's so much in our DNA that, that we know to be true and that right now things are, there are conflicting values going on. And yeah, it's really, really, um, promising. I think to see so many. People, especially within the younger generations, are just, like, way more woke and way more... um, They're just not putting up with with everything that's, you know, like, holding us back. And I think that uh, political transparency, racial justice, climate protection, um, Mm -hmm. technology, like, how we use data, all of this is going to be up for review and all of it's going to be changing. There's also another... um, I mean, I could go on and on, but there's another square happening um, next year with Uranus and Taurus, which is is all about our value system, and we might even see a whole new kind of economy being born. Um, the way we deal with yeah, wow. currency and value, and just and just our value system in general is so um, so important. But
0: I can really yeah. feel that I yeah. had very strong messaging that what we learn at school was going to be like re um rejigged and shuffled around and the fall Mm -hmm. of kind of like huge organization I can just personally have felt that kind of throughout this year it's also really crazy because I have like the biggest meeting of my life on November 14th Ever. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. But so that's that's pretty crazy. Wow, totally. um, about my third book. Oh my uh, goodness. Yeah. And isn't
1: that, that fascinating that it's the eclipse that's around information and communication and, and just
0: there we go. Yeah. This book is meant to be. Yeah. For the Which next. is really crazy. Uh, that's that's beautiful. And it also just gives people a bit of light and hope coming coming out of this year, because it has been a yeah. pretty heavy yeah, energetically. Oh, absolutely. Uh, to, yeah. You you fired through a couple very asked questions like eclipses, things like that, which was mm. awesome. Um, one quick question, uh, what is a Saturn return? Oh, yeah. So Saturn return, um, thats that happens
1: when Saturn basically returns to the point that it was in um, during like when you were born so we go through um these 28 to 30 year cycles with Saturn and Saturn is the planet of mastery it's going to it's going to serve up some pretty tough challenges in order for you to grow it's the the principle that says you know you're coming to school at seven well, who knows what our new school structures are going to be like in the future yeah. but it's it's the it's the person who's on your back and it's kind of the stern kind of grandfather planet that isn't letting up and saturn when it goes through people's when people go through their saturn return which happens every 28 to 30 years so it's not just at 28 to 30 but also when you're kind of 56 or 84 if you look like it happens in cycles um you're going to be asked to learn some pretty big lessons and if you look to where it is placed in your um natal chart that will give you some indication around what the lessons are you're here to learn um and yeah it's something that does get given a little bit of um hype around in in astrology and it is a really cool thing to to look into you usually start feeling it for about it, hap- it happens over the course of about two to three years, but there will be um, the most hard-hitting lessons will come when it's at the kind of exact degrees that your um, Saturn placement is in your chart. We're coming out of the time with Saturn and Capricorn, and so a lot of the um, generations that have Saturn and Aquarius will be um, will be really learning these lessons about, about innovation and how they're going to then lead the next generation um, because it happens in two to three year cycles, so there's, mm. it's a generational um, planet, and we need the, these people to kind of guide us as we move into the uh, Aquarian Age.
0: <laughs> there we go, beautiful answer. Yeah. Yay. Oh my gosh, yeah. I could talk to you about this forever. We're gonna. I'm gonna have to bring you okay, back. So the people much need it. So to
1: explore. Oh,
0: <laughs> so much. We've really just touched the surface, guys. But you absolutely hit the nail on the head and I know it's really going to help so many um where can we find you how also not only where can we find you and where listeners can learn about this more who are some like people that you turn to for astrology um just a couple of great names and your handles and your pages and everything
1: yeah so um like my instagram is hannah Creer, and I do um, yeah, I've got a website, Hannah Soul Psychology as well. Um, we'll link all
0: of that too, I do too, share guys. some
1: astrology info there, but other really um, wonderful astrologers, I really recommend uh, Jenna Roma. Um, she's, yeah, they've all got Instagram handles, Danny Beinstein, I think you're familiar with um, yeah. Danny Beinstein. Um Renee Sills from Embodied Astrology chenny nicholas um danielle page Aya samadi i could go on and on yeah beautiful (laughs) those are great but um actually if you want a podcast there's um she's really hilarious jessica lignado she does a um, Podcast like weekly with astrological updates. So oh, cool. um, that's for someone who's, like, yeah, keen to really explore the ins and outs of it on a. Okay, cool. There we go. On a weekly basis, but yeah, there's there's so much out there. Um, but those would be my my faves at the moment.
0: <laughs> so I'll get those exact handles off Hannah for you guys because I appreciate the feedback that, as I kind of said earlier. You might be following a bunch of different type of characters on Instagram, certain people popping up on YouTube, even like myself, like I'm just learning about this. So I'm going to make mistakes and like interpret astrology is a personal interpretation in a lot of ways. So you're coming up against a whole bunch of opinions. So people who they seem to kind of say to me, like, I want to learn more about this, but I don't know who to trust or where to start, which was a really huge reason why I'm so honored to have you on the podcast because you when you speak you can just tell you're just connected to the source you know what's up so (laughs) it was an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on sass with cass it was loads of fun i'm sure you're gonna get everyone putting you up now
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> thank
0: you Cass you're
1: such a light and inspiration
0: <laughs> oh thank you I appreciate it and guys as you know per usual my name's Cassandra Grodd I've been your host you can find me at Cassandra Grodd at quotes with Cass com slash shop to buy my books otherwise we will be back in a fortnight two weeks have a good day guys bye bye <laughs> <laughs>